Good morning, everybody. Man. <laughs> Woo! It is exciting to be back, exciting to have everybody here to join with as well, exciting for our people who are still tuning in online, and we're excited to come together to worship God, to celebrate. Um, we realize things are obviously looking a little bit different. I had somebody joke with me this week that they felt really awkward having to get a ticket to go to church, like they were going to see somebody big, and I thought, wait a second, what are you, what are you saying? Um, but, uh, man, this is exciting, guys. We're super happy to be back. Uh, we do want to continue to be, be uh, knowledgeable, thinking of those who are, are still home this morning, watching online. We love you guys. Let's all stand. Let's bow our heads. Let's worship. We're going to be ready to praise and worship God. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for your power, your authority right here on earth within our lives, Lord God. The power to walk, not in fear, Lord God, but to be conscious, Lord God, of everything that you're doing through our lives into the lives of those around us. Lord God, we pray that you would use us in a mighty way, not to continue to spread the, the hate or the fear or the things that are around us, Lord God, but the confidence of your spirit in our lives, the confidence to step out even, even into darkness, Lord God, and know that our light, your light through us is going to shine. Lord God, let your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord, guys. Days may be darkest, your light is greater, you light our way, God, you light our way. When evil is rising, you're rising higher, with power to save, with power to save. Come on, sing it out, you keep hope. You 
never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working
to recognize it or not, God. All our lives, you have been faithful and you have been good because that's what you are. You can't be anything else. So whether we've seen it or felt it or known it, God, that's who you were, that's who you are, that's who you will always be. And we worship you for that. We praise you, God, if, if this worship today finds any one of us on the mountaintop worshiping you for everything you've done and everything that's so good and rejoicing and thanking you, or whether this worship time finds any one of us in a valley saying, God, rescue me, help me. You are good. I know you're good. Help me. He sees us all. He knows us all. 
God, we thank you for that. When we search you, we find you. You chase after us with your goodness and your love, God. And this morning, we are searching for you. We are searching for your peace, for your presence in our lives. And you are faithful. And you are good. You meet us right where we are. It's in your mighty name we pray and worship you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. How good it is to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Let's give, let's give a hand clap of praise. After all this time, welcome home. Welcome back. For those of you that are here in person and for those of you that are online, we, uh, we are so excited to have you with us. Um, if you're a guest with us, this is your first time, we really appreciate you coming. If this is your first time online, we really appreciate you coming. There is a, a card in the seat back in front of you somewhere or online. You can fill that out, and uh, we'd love to get in contact with you, share a little bit more about our mission and our vision here at Christian Fellowship Church. We really appreciate you being here. Man, it's really good to see your faces, even if it's behind a mask. Uh, I am so glad that you're here. Why don't you just kind of look around, look at the people around you, wave, give a good smile, since we can't stand up and like go around and hug one another. <laughs> yeah, so we're really excited that we're back in the house. I did have to make sure to take some notes so I didn't forget anything because we're so out of rhythm, right? And so uh, we're back up here. I already greeted the online people. We got that. We praise God for all of his goodness and greatness through this all. I did want to mention, thank you so much for your continued support um, through your giving online. And some of you mailed in and some of you dropped by. We really appreciate that. Um, we will not pass the offering basket, uh, obviously, this morning. You can, however, if you want to give this morning, uh, drop it in the drop boxes on your way out. And online is always option mail is always an option through your bank is always an option but i i am so proud of you all for all your support through all of this thank you so so very much you guys are such givers we really appreciate um, being able to continue to do what we do because of your support the last thing that i want to mention before we do our infamous broadway's announcement video is do we have any kids in here this morning we have kids if you're if you're a kid would you wave at me i want to see I want to see all your little, hello kids, welcome. If you're online and you're a kid and you're watching, welcome. We're so glad you're in here with us this morning. We, uh, we love having you. All right, so turn your attention to the screen. Here's the Broadways. Welcome, welcome home, CF Paris family. We are so excited that you're here. We want to take a quick moment to welcome everyone, whether you're here in the building with us or still at home. We are so excited and love that you've chosen to join us this Sunday. I just have one quick announcement for you guys. This year, instead of doing BBX here in the building, we're going to do what we're calling Focus Fridays. It's three Fridays in July where you'll drive up, pick up a packet. There'll be volunteers to greet you and celebrate you. That packet's going to have a snack, a craft, a link to a video. It's going to be so much fun and just an awesome way to experience VBX at home. So sign up today. There are cards that have a little QR code you can scan. Go online and get registered. 
You do not want to miss it. That's it. Pastor Corey is coming up now. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. I forgot there was an on button. I got I to gotta turn that on. Uh, man, this is exciting, guys. I, I am uh, just super blessed, humbled uh, to have you guys back. I'll, I'll say honestly, my faith when we started talking about coming back together was that we would still be in one service and there would be a good solid hundred people that would show up. Um, the faith of your pastor. I, I'm sorry. Uh, we started sending out questionnaires and, and man, immediately realized that... Uh, we were going to have well more than that just in one service, and so we'd need to have two. Thank you guys, man. This is awesome. This is awesome. It shows uh, your heart uh, just to be able to come back together to fellowship that, that church is so much more than, than, uh, than what we've made it for so long. Um, for so long, we've made it just about Sunday mornings. And, but in doing so, we, we kind of just, Sunday morning was I have to. But now it's I get to. For those that are tuning in online, um, man, I, we do want to let you know we've been, I know this is, it looks a lot different than, uh, than what it has for the last couple months. We've been blessed. Dead Cat Media, the Broadway's back there in the back. They've been uh, videotaping, producing every week our, our uh, live Sunday morning services. Huge shout out to them. Um, big thanks to those guys. Uh, I think Broadway's name is in the title, but it's Kimmy that, that does it all. Uh, Leah Emerson also helping out with Broadway. But uh, for our online people, we do want to let you know we're super excited right now. We've, we've kind of gone back because of necessity, if I have to, to a single static shot in the back. Um, but we want to let you guys know that, man, coming soon, we've already ordered equipment. It, a lot of it is back-ordered because everybody's trying to get a hold of the same equipment. But here within the next couple weeks, we're going to have multiple camera angles, uh, a better, better produced, uh, I hate to say show because this isn't a show, but you know what I mean, a better, better produced video that you guys can watch online that you can see. And it's, it really will be engaging, interactive. I know there currently we've got a whole media department now in this back room over here. Uh, we, they close the door, they have headphones on, they're listening, they're changing, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, and that's going to get just that much better coming up soon. So thank you for those that are still at home tuning in online. Uh, we're excited to have you with us too. For those that are here this morning, uh, well, you get the good stuff, so. Not that you don't, it just, all right, anyway. Um, so guys, I want to go ahead and, and jump into uh, to my message here this morning. And over the last couple weeks, what we've done is uh, we've looked at a scripture in Psalms chapter 1. And Psalms chapter 1 says this, Blessed are
sit there and, and our roots are growing down, but because they're not reaching into streams of living water, all of a sudden they're, they're reaching into what's going on around me. They're reaching into what's going on in the world around me. They're reaching into what I think is happening in society. They're reaching into what I think, what I believe, what I want. And all of a sudden we start drawing in not living water, but, 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 uh, but, uh, but a source that, that ends up just producing in our lives anger, bitterness, envy, uh, pride, all, all these miserable, miserable lifestyles. And what happens by not dealing with them, by not recognizing them, when we think, oh, you know, whatever, it's just a, it's a small issue compared to whatever this is. It's a small thing compared to that. When we don't deal with these bad fruits, they can destroy our lives. But not only destroy our lives, but they can destroy the good that God wants to do through your life into the lives of people around you. Is it possible that there's people that are in your circle, in your, in your, in your, uh, your, your close-knit circle, that will never hear the love, the good news of the gospel because, because you start operating in pride, because you start operating in anger, because you start operating in these others instead of allowing God to work through your life, the streams of living water into the lives of those around you. Uh, today... We're going to be dealing with a, a bad fruit. The bad fruit that we're going to look at today is pride. Oh. Now this is a fun one. Uh, pride is, is definitely a fun one because I believe every single one of us, on one level or another, deals with pride. Uh, I'm going to look at a couple different examples of pride through my message this morning. And I pray that you truly search your heart and see yourself within one of these areas. And then, in seeing yourself in one of these areas, ask God to completely remove that, that bad weed that's growing up inside of you and instead tie you into streams of living water. Um, a, a quick example of, of all of us dealing with pride. How many have ever pulled out a, uh, an old family album or found an old picture, a group photo, Who's the first person you look for within that group photo? Uh, yeah. Or better, in today's digital age, we have somebody taking a photo of, of a group of people, and, and they snap it, and what do we do? We immediately ask to see it. And we look at that photo, we look for ourselves, and if we look good in it, that's a good photo. Everybody else could have blinked. Everybody else could have uh, kind of this messed up, distorted face. But if you look good in it, that's a good photo. And then just the same, everybody else could look amazing in it. But if you blinked, or if it wasn't your good side, that's a bad photo, right? It's pride. It's a form of pride within all of our lives. The prophet Isaiah, in, when, he, when he penned his book, when he, 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 uh, he shared with us what, what I would say is probably the very first instance of pride that we see in Scripture. He says this, he records when Lucifer decided that Lucifer, the, 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 the devil, wanted to be just like God. Let me read this to you. You can see that it was pride that cost Lucifer everything. It was in uh, Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse 13, it says this. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly of the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. His most used words throughout that whole, whole passage is, is I will. I will. Verses contrast that with the, the words of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus didn't pray, not I will. What he prayed was, thy will. 
Not, not, my, not what I want, God. Not what I think is best. Not what I want, but thy will be done. Is it going to be about us or is it going to be about him? Is it what I want or is it what he wants in my life? Now, real quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire off some scriptures here. Is, is pride really that dangerous? I'm telling you what. There have been more Amber Alerts in the past week. <laughs> Whew. Man. All right. We're going to keep moving. So uh, there's, uh, real quickly, is pride dangerous? I want to show you three, three quick scriptures. Look. <coughs> Excuse me. Proverbs 16, verse 18 says this. Pride goes before destruction. An arrogant spirit before a fall. In, in Proverbs 16, 26, it says, The Lord detests, despises all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. And then in 1 Peter 5, 5, another great example, it says God opposes. Another version says he resists, like pushes away the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So yes, Pride in our lives is very, very dangerous. It can be destructive and it can cause you to miss out on what God wants for your life as well as what God wants to do through your life and the lives of those around you. This morning, real quickly, what I want to do is I want to show you all three types of pride that I hope, will, like I said, will, will, you'll, you'll recognize an area that you need to recognize and deal with in your own life. Number one, number one is probably what you think of when you think of pride. When you think of pride, it's, a, it's an I'm better than you pride. It's this, this arrogant, haughty spirit. It's, it's I'm better than you. But one of the ways that we see this, this manifest or, or show itself in our lives is, is maybe something as simple as a critical attitude. Oh. How many people are, are you, you, live, you live your life, you're often, often walking around criticizing others? That, that's, a, that's evidence of a prideful heart. Look, look at the way they do that. They're, they're not this or they're not that. They don't do it right like I do it. It's an arrogant spirit. It's a proud heart. I know what's right and you're wrong. Another type of I'm better than you pride can come across, uh, especially, sadly, within churches. It's a spiritual pride. It's a spiritual. Well, we worship God the right way and you don't. We, we do things right and everybody else is wrong. I would never do what they do. I'm holier than that. Now, we don't say that because we sit there and in this false humility, we want to say, well, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not holy. But then, but I'm better than that. Uh, a lot of times, sadly, you'll see a, a I'm better than you pride destroy marriages. You'll have one person say, well, I'm right and my spouse is always wrong. I'm right, I'm right, what I say is right, what I've done is right, my actions up to now are right, but what they've done to me is wrong. It's evidence of an I'm better than you type of pride. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus told a, a, a parable about a tax collector and a Pharisee. And, and within this parable, what we need to see, the, the Pharisees in that day and age, they were known for, uh, throughout the whole community, they were known for being very religious, very righteous in appearance. Uh, they would tithe off everything. To be a Pharisee, you had to tithe off everything, minimum 10%. You had to give. And then they would wear these fancy religious-looking robes so that everybody knew, look at me, I'm holy, I'm religious. It's, 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 uh, it's written that they would fast at least twice a week. Some of you are going fast. What is that? 
Jesus talks about prayer and fasting. Fasting is, is refraining from something. Most people, it, it usually has to deal with food. They, they don't eat food so that they remember, God, I'm going to give this up to remind me to be in prayer for, for this, to seek you and not seek something else today. They would fast twice a week. Twice a week. On the other hand... The tax collector Jesus talks about in this story. Tax collectors were despised. They were hated by everybody. Tax collectors were Jewish by birth, but they worked for the Roman government. And the way that they would operate, because they worked for the Roman government, they had the whole authority of the Roman army behind them. So let's say you owed uh, $4,000 in taxes. The, uh, the tax collector, a fellow Jew, would come up to you and say, uh, you owe $5,000, and if you don't want to pay, you, you, can, you can go to jail right now. Here's the Roman army behind me. And so what they'd do is they would take that $5,000, they would give the government what you owed, the $4,000, and they would pocket $1,000. They were cheaters, they were thieves, and they were hated by Jews. So Jesus says, a tax collector and a Pharisee, in Luke 18, he says, a tax collector and a Pharisee went to the temple to pray. And he starts off by talking about the Pharisee, and he says, the Pharisee stood up and started praying about himself. I think one of the, uh, a great way to recognize the pride in our hearts is through our prayer. If, if you're always praying about your own needs, if you're always praying about your own needs, God, do this for me. God, I need this. God, you may need to check your heart for pride. But let me read this to you. So Luke 18, starting in verse 11, it says this. The Pharisee prays, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, the robbers, the evildoers, the, old, the adulterers, or, or even like this tax collector. He goes on and he, he starts giving his own accolades. He says, I fast twice a week. I, I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even look up to heaven. He, he beat his breast and he cried out, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The proud and the humble. Jesus goes on to say in verse 9, or excuse me, in verse 14, he says, I tell you that the tax collector rather than the Pharisee. So, so the one that everybody looked at is evil, not the one that everybody looked at as religious. I tell you, the, Pharisee, uh, the tax collector rather than the Pharisee went home right with God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's a type of I'm better than you pride. Uh, another great example, another type of pride that we can find ourselves in. So there's an I'm better than you pride, but then there's also a I can handle it myself type of pride. I can handle it myself. No, I don't need directions. I've got this. <laughs> Famous last words. Like the, the truth is, if you have a difficult time asking others for help, what you're dealing with is a type of I-can-handle-it-myself pride. Um, if you find it difficult, another side of this is if you find it difficult to receive. I, I think a lot of us ha have just had this tendency, this innate nature within us where, where we don't want to accept somebody else's help. Somehow we're going to feel lesser than. And so what happens is you know, somebody wants to help you, somebody wants to give to you, or somebody just wants to, wants to bless you, and, and you find it difficult to receive. No, 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 not, not me. Give that to somebody else. Somebody else might need that. That can be a form of I can handle it myself pride. How about this? This, this, one, this one should rock you. Uh, our prayer lives. 
In our prayer lives, if, if you rarely pray, no matter what you say, no matter what you say you believe, your actions speak something different. Your actions indicate that you think you can do it without God. When we don't come before God, when we don't seek his help in everything in life, when we just sit there and think, I can handle this myself. That's what we're doing. When we don't come before God in prayer, we're saying, I got this, I don't need you. It's a type of pride. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus told another parable about the prodigal son, a man who had two sons. And in Luke 15, there's, there's the younger son who comes to his father and, 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 and he asks his father, God, uh, Father, I want you to give me my share of my inheritance. And in that day and age, everything that the father owned from, from, the, from, man, from the land to the, the cattle to, to belongings, everything that the father owned would be split and given to the sons. And so here you have a son basically in essence saying, Dad, I don't like your rules. Dad, I don't want to do life your way. You're cramping my style. You're getting in the way of what I want to do. I can do it better. And so he said, give me half. Give me my inheritance. I want to take it and I want to, I want to show you what I can do. And so the, this young son runs off and, and uh, runs off with his share and, and ends up blowing it all. Scripture says he blows it all to the point where he's homeless, broke, and starving. Squanders it all. Scripture says that he was living and eating with the pigs. Went from throwing the most lavish of parties to now living in the waller with the, with the pigs. In, uh, in Luke 15, verse 17, it says this. Jesus says, when he, the young son, came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out. I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. The contrast between pride and humility. What does this mean for us? If, if you battle with an I can do it myself kind of pride, I, I would tell you today, like, like this younger son did, it's time to humble yourself and get help. Some of you, some of you your, your marriages are in trouble. They've been in trouble for, for, for years, and, and all the while you're, you're in your mind saying, we don't need counseling. Counseling's for people that are failures. We, we don't need counseling. We don't need help. We can do this. I've got this. I can do it on my own. I can do it myself. No. Humble yourself, ask for and receive help. Others of you uh, in, in our lives, we, we become addicted to different things. And, and it doesn't start off with this idea of, yes, I'm going to be addicted. But it's just this kind of this slow walk into this addiction. And all of a sudden you, you recognize that addiction is destroying your life. But, but at the same time you say, I can handle it. I can stop it any time. Uh, look, if, if you haven't stopped yet, you're not going to without help. You're not going to, but until you recognize it, until you humble yourself, open up and say, I need help, I, I don't know what can help you. You have to ask for it, and you have to be willing to receive it. The only reason we don't is truly based because of pride in our lives. Um, I, I'm better than you, pride. I can handle it myself, pride. And then number three, if you haven't been hit already, this doesn't apply to me, pride. Yeah. 
this doesn't apply to me. Yeah, oh, I know people like that one. I'm, oh, yeah, Corey, this message is for so-and-so. Nudging your spouse, you should listen to this. It doesn't apply to me. In other words, those may be the rules. Those may be the rules, but that doesn't apply to me. Um, it could be something as simple as maybe you're the one who takes 12 items into the tin or less aisle. Oh, I just, oh. Right, but what are we doing? Well, I know, I know the sign says 10 or less, but I've got 12. I'm in a hurry. I have places to be. This doesn't apply for me. This is for those people that like have a basket full. This doesn't apply to me. And so we, we think we're above the law. We think we're better than. Or maybe, maybe you know, in your mind, you, you know Scripture says that we're supposed to forgive, but but at the same time, logically, you reason it out and you say, Corey, but, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know how they wronged me. That's an it doesn't apply to me kind of rule. Jesus flat out said we must forgive. Or how about uh, you're, we're supposed to serve. As, as Christ followers, examples of Christ, we too are called to serve. So, so maybe you saw the email come in this last week. Hey, we need people volunteering, helping out, serving at the church. And you're like, well, I mean, this is the first time back. That's, that's for other people. I don't have to serve. Or maybe not even within the church, maybe within your own community. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have to help them. They should be able to stand on their own feet. What, am I just going to always give and give and give and then not have anything else left for myself? And at some point, they're going to have to stand up and, and support themselves. That doesn't apply to me. There's a, a great example. King David in, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. Read this with me. It starts off and, and it says this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, so in that day and age, it was time, it was a supposed, it was a known thing that, that the armies would leave to go off for war, and the one leading them in war, in battle, would be the king. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab, one of his generals, out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. And that verse ends by saying, but David remained in Jerusalem. When he didn't go where he was supposed to go, he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. When David wasn't going where he was supposed to go, he ended up doing something he wasn't supposed to do. He, he went out late one evening, looked across his kingdom, all that he owned, basking in what was his, and on the rooftop across the way saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof. And his immediate thoughts were, that looks good. That's a part of my kingdom. That's, that's mine, technically. I mean, here I am. I'm the king of all this. So I, that's mine. And so he calls her, he takes her in and ends up committing adultery with her, thinking he's above the rules. And then after sleeping with this other man's wife, he gave an order which led to the murder of her husband. He betrayed a friend, Uriah, betrayed him and had him killed. The rules don't apply to me. Everybody else, but not me. And so, so what ends up happening, we read in 2 Samuel that the prophet at the time, his name was Nathan, and then the prophet Nathan went to David and started off by just telling him a story. 
A really simple story, Nathan comes to David and said, David, let me tell you a story about, about a very rich man, a rich man who owned just hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of, of sheep and lambs and, and, and cattle and, and oxen and, and all these, had all this stuff. And then beside the rich man lived a poor man. And this poor man had nothing but one little lamb. This one little lamb was all he had. He nourished it. He, he cared for it. He treated it as if it was his own daughter. One day, a, a friend is coming over to the rich guy's house. And the rich guy, instead of offering up one of his own lambs for dinner, he goes out and he kills the poor guy's one little lamb. That only little lamb, he kills it and feeds it to his friend. When David heard this, this story, he got irate, he got mad, Scripture says. In fact, Scripture says his heart burned with anger. And David immediately said, we have got to punish that man. Four times what he took, we have to punish him, he must be dealt with. And Nathan the prophet looks at David and says, you are that man. You are the man that we're talking about. Some of you today, you're, 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 you're living in, in this kind of pride. It doesn't, it doesn't apply to me. And I'm here to tell you, you are the man we're talking about. Is there an area in your life where you're saying, this, this doesn't apply to me. You know you're not necessarily living right, and you know that God hates sin, but, but yet you still call out, but this doesn't, this doesn't apply to me. I know that God says I'm supposed to give back 10% of everything that he blesses me with, but, but well, he doesn't know my situation. He doesn't know the, 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 the current market, the current economy. He doesn't know my job and how volatile it is. This doesn't apply to me. If you have an I'm better than you type of pride, I'm here to tell you, it's time to humble yourself, love, serve others. If you feel like, man, I can handle it on your own, on my own. I can handle this. I've got this. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Ask for and receive help. If you think in, in any area, any aspect of your life that God's truths don't apply to you, I'm here to tell you you need to humble yourself. Repent. Surrender to God. Choose humility over pride. Choose the fruit of humility over pride. Now, why, why, is, uh, why is pride so deadly? I, I want to give you a, a great example out of Isaiah that I think just summarizes this whole thing, the, the, what, what pride does in our lives. The truth is, the prouder that you are, the further you fall from God. Earlier I said that scripture, God resists or, or opposes. I, I even said pushes away. But it, but it isn't really a push from God so much as it is a falling away from us. God, the prouder that you are, the further you fall from God. And yet, the closer you draw to God, the closer you come to God, the more humble, the more broken you become. God opposes, resists the proud. But the more that we know him, the more we can't do anything but be humble before him. In Isaiah 5, um, Isaiah the prophet, he's looking out at the people, talking about what, what's going on around him. And, and, and basically what he's saying throughout chapter 5, you see this, this I am good and you were not. The others, you all, you, you're, he, he's basically comparing himself. 
And, and what he says is six different times within this one chapter, he says, woe unto you. Woe to you sinners. Woe to you, the others who aren't living up to the standard. Here's what God has called me to be, to, be, to do, and you aren't living according to this standard, this, this, this bar. Throughout that chapter, he says, uh, woe to you who drink and party too much. To another group, he says, woe to you who call what is good evil and you call what is evil good. To another group, he says, woe to you who think you know it all. Woe unto you. He compared himself to others six times, saying, woe to you. But then, all of a sudden, he sees the Lord. He sees the Lord and everything changes. We, we jump from chapter 5, this woe is you, woe is you, woe is you, to chapter 6. It says this. In chapter 6, basically what he comes before the Lord and says is, When I saw the Lord high and lifted up, I was humbled, I was broken. Read with me in Isaiah 6, starting in verse 1, it says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne high and exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet. With, with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then in verse 5, no more woe to everybody else. No more look at you and your sin. No more of that. When he saw the Lord, he says, woe to me. He realized how broken he was, even in his righteousness, even in all these other things that he didn't do. He realized before the Lord, it, it paled in comparison. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The prouder that you are, the further you fall from God. But the closer, the closer you draw to God, the more humble and the more broken you become. We become more Christ-like. What was the example that Jesus gave in his life on earth? It was one of serving. You can't serve if you're prideful. It's, it's no longer serving. It's a handout. It's a, yes, this is what I have, and because of my goodness, let me, let me bless you. That's not serving. That's pride. We must choose the fruit of humility over the bad fruit of pride. As I, as I close in prayer this morning, guys, listen, I, I, I can't encourage you enough. Don't just write off this, this message is for somebody else. But man, start asking God to search your heart, to search you. If you'll bow your heads with me as I close. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, for your presence, Lord Jesus, that, that, that when we come before you, Lord, it's, it's a recognition of, of the sin, the, 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 even though we think we may be righteous, even though we think we may be doing stuff right, Lord God, it's a recognition of, of how good you are. Father, I pray this morning that, that we wouldn't stand in our own glory, that we wouldn't raise our own crowns to our heads, that we wouldn't sit there and think of ourselves as better than, Father, but that we would realize that without you, we're nothing. Cleanse our hearts, God. Make us more like your son, Jesus. The example of, of serving that was given to us, shown to us so that we too might live that life. Not going about saying, this is what I want, this is what I need, Lord God, but instead recognizing, thy will be done. Not mine, Lord God, but your will be done within my life. Your will be done within this situation. 
God, I, I pray that our hearts this morning would be humbled, would recognize the area of pride that we deal with, Lord, and, and we'd come before you. Humble, Lord God. To listen. We're here to serve, God, because it's all about you. Because it's all about you, Father. Father, don't allow us to wallow with the pigs in our pride. That we would be humble and we would come back to the Father. And that we would cry out, I I'm broken. I can't do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Guys, look, recognize it. But don't just recognize it. Recognize it and deal with it. Let God work through your lives, and in as much you're going to realize, man, he's going to draw you closer than you've ever been. And in drawing you closer than you've ever been, there will be a peace that goes beyond understanding. And all of a sudden, your life will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Guys, God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful week. Make sure you continue to tune in online to the different things that we're going to continue to be putting out. Man, it's awesome to be here with you. One other thing I want to let y'all know, we're not able to, uh, to throw a big pachanga, uh, but today is the one-year anniversary of our coming back and meeting in this building. So how about that? Thank you, Lord. Remember, Exodus 34.10. That God wants to use us to do something different within the community. This is building 3410. God wants to use us to minister to this community. Let's be God's light in the darkness. God bless you guys. Love you all. Be safe. Be careful as you're leaving. Y'all have a great day.